listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. We're in a new series called Christmas at Freedom. And listen, we've had some deep dives over the last couple of months. All right, we, we did little things for a while. And boy, some deep stuff there. We thought it was going to be fun and light and airy. It turned out to be like pulling you know, the devil out of your soul kind of stuff. But, and then we had four giants this past month. It was really intense. And so we're kind of coming up for air in December. You know what I'm saying? And so we're going to hear from some different voices this month. Joy and happiness and encouragement. And, you know, it's not always dealing with the deepest, dark, darkest problems you've had in your life. Sometimes you just need to be encouraged, man. Sometimes you just need to come in and let some brothers and sisters speak life over you. And that's what we're going to do over the course of December, all right? Uh, so y'all give a, uh, take a moment and give Pastor Tony a hand. He's going to come and share a word with us today. Well, good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing today? Awesome. Well, as Pastor Jason said, Christmas season is officially underway. Now, I don't want to hear from all you people that started celebrating Christmas on November 1st, okay? Like, you're, like that's, anyways, we can argue about that later. But, anywho, uh, Christmas season is here. It's merry and bright and fun. We had the Christmas parade last night for Dayton, and that was awesome. Got to, you know, go like six square blocks for, <laughs> it took like 20 minutes. It was real quick. But um, it was fun. We got to... Got to uh, wave and say Merry Christmas. The kids had a blast. People were excited to see Christmas lights. And, and, and so it's, it's just fun. The season is full of fun and happiness and joy and all of that stuff. And I know for some it's not. I, for a long time for me, Christmas was not a fun time of the year. And so, so uh, you know, I almost wore a Grinch sweater this morning because there have been several people that are like, you're just the Grinch. And it's like, I'll prove you right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so, so I, did, I didn't because I was, it also lit up and I didn't want you guys to be like distracted by the lights going off as I spoke. So, um, you know, and so for, for this time of year, it's really funny to see the differences between people because some people are like Buddy the Elf, I love you, I love you, I love you, you know, like super excited. And then some people are more like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way, freaking out, trying to find the toy, getting a kid in a ball pit and trying to convince them to give you, you know, the toy that you need to get the other toy. Anyways, it's a funny movie. You should watch it. Um, and so, you know, it, it just depends on the season, right? And for some of us, Christmas dredges up hurts and pains and, and, and bad memories. For some of us, it, it's like the best time we've ever experienced throughout our childhood, you know? And, and so in all of that craziness, what, happen, what tends to happen is be, between shopping for your kids, the Christmas parties for work, the Christmas parties for your kids at school, um, if you're a teacher, the Christmas parties you have to throw for your kids at school, you know, like between all of that stuff, between all of that stuff, chaos can just begin to reign your, in your life, and you just feel overwhelmed, and you feel weary, and it's because we lose our joy and peace in that in this season if we're if we aren't careful we'll miss out on the reason for why we're celebrating and not to sound cheesy but Jesus is the reason for the season right like and it's it's not about um trying to have this like you know Christian motto in the middle of all of this stuff but what it is is it's a it's a reminder that Jesus being born 
is the fulfillment of all of the promises of the Old Testament. In that one moment, Jesus, his first cry on earth that was heard by his mom and dad, in that moment, the joy that we get to partake in, the peace that we get to partake in, because that in that moment, everything else that Jesus was going to do when he walked on this earth was to fulfill everything of the law and the prophets. And that's who we get to have a relationship with. See, I've seen people's peace and joy ripped out of their lives before in this season. I remember I was in my early 20s, like 20, 21, um, and I was working at Papacitos in Humble by Deerbrook Mall. If any of you have ever been to Deerbrook Mall at Christmas time to go shopping, your patience will be tested, right? Like between people cutting you off and, and people like, you know, like used to, they didn't have those. Now they have like dividers between some of the lanes. So the far right lane just always is going like they never stop. Um, they, didn't, they didn't have that when I was growing up and when I first started driving they would have that stop sign and there'd always be that one person that would be in that far right lane and want to cut you off and turn into the lanes that go to, you know, uh, 1960. Oh, that's Jeremy. Okay. That's Jeremy. Well, Jeremy, you shouldn't do that. It's rude. (laughs) Um, And, and so, and then, or, you know, maybe in the midst of this season, you, you know, I've had this experience quite a bit the last couple of weeks at Walmart where I'm just going, I'm just trying to get to the groceries or the Christmas lights, or just what I need, man. And there's the one person that's like, oh, let me just stop right in the middle of the aisle and just look. Just look around with no acknowledgement of what is going on around them, right? <laughs> Telling on your wife back there, man. <laughs> and, and, so, and, and so in this time, it's like people become so self-focused, I don't want to go as far as to say is it selfish, but we're just so focused on what we need to accomplish that we forget there are people around us that need to accomplish stuff too, right? And, and I saw this come to a head on one fateful day as I was working um, at Papacito's. It was like two or three days before Christmas. I picked up an extra shift to make some money, and uh, we had to park across the street from Papacito's um, because they're just... If you've ever been to the Humble Papacitos, there's not a lot of parking there. And so they made the employees park across the street so the customers could park near the restaurant. And so uh, I was walking across, and I hear just this loud skrrr as a truck comes to a halt. I see the brake lights flash as it gets slammed into park. Guy gets out of his truck, walks around, goes to the vehicle in front of him, starts pounding on the glass, saying all sorts of fun words that aren't good for anyone to say and and as he's doing this I'm like this dude is crazy and I just put my my eyes down and walk into Papacitos and um but in that moment like that was the moment that he got to express joy joy and peace leaving him but that wasn't the moment that caused joy and peace to leave him that was just like the the, the straw that broke the camel's back in that moment that he finally was like, I've had enough, I've had enough. And he just lost his stuff. And, and I, was, I was rude in that moment. I was unjust in that moment by sitting there and casting judgment on him and calling this guy crazy 
in that moment because he, he, he lost his cool. While, you know, I may not get out of my car to lose my cool, but in my car, I'm like, are you dumb? You know, like, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and so, and so we, we have these moments and these, these times where just because somebody took an extra step in their actions, it's like, well, I'm better off than they are, right? And I think in, in this season, because everything just kind of speeds up in December, it's like, oh, snap, we got 31 days left of, uh, of the year. Oh, snap, we got 20 days left of the year. Oh, my gosh, we got a day left of this year, right? Like, it just goes by. And because all the weekends are full of activities, like yesterday we took our girls to go see the Grinch. And, like, and so that was a big deal because my, my middle daughter, Allie, she loves the Grinch. She saw him and was like, bl- like her face turned red and full of excitement. Like, sh- it was just awesome. But um, this is what happens in this time of the season is our, our joy and our peace can be taken from us because we get distracted by all of these things causing pressure. See, today is all about how we can keep our joy in the chaos of the season. With each season comes challenges, but if we are prepped and ready to face the challenges, then we can embrace the challenge without losing sight of what really matters. When we can find peace that surpasses all understanding, we can stand firm and proclaim who God is. But we have to find that peace. We have to understand what what this season is what in this season really matters. So what matters? The season is here to remind us that the birth, that Jesus' birth fulfilled the simple but profound promise found in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful counselor, right? He's our wonderful counselor. Anytime we need help making decisions, we get to go to him. Mighty God. He is the God that reigns victorious. There is nothing out there that has ever beat him, has come close to beating him, or will beat him. He is the mighty God. So whatever you're dealing with, you get to go to him and find freedom and peace and joy no matter what's attacking you. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. My dad died when I was young. But I have an everlasting Father that even though my my earthly father is gone, I still have a father I can run to. Prince of Peace. I, I don't know about you guys, but here lately the enemy has been trying to create chaos in my life. And throughout it, every single time, I just have to pray, Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. You reign and rule. It's yours, and I'm going to place my trust in you. Because he's the Prince of Peace, and he has never failed, and he never will. This is what matters. Understanding that Jesus' birth was a fulfillment of everything the Old Testament pointed to. It was a fulfillment of everything it pointed to. Through, Through his birth, then it was simply him walking it out. 
See, this is exciting for us because we have a, a time that we can pinpoint and look to and say, this is when my promise was fulfilled. We don't have to wait for the promise to be fulfilled. That's when it started. See, we get to have relationship with the, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. There is no other but him. And we get to have exclusive relationship with him. One-on-one relationship with him that guides us and directs us and leads us into places that change everything for us. See, he is with you. No matter what the storm the enemy wants to throw at you, he is there and he will say, peace be still. So when things get crazy, how do we keep our focus on God? How do we solidify who God says we are while the season around us is trying to create pressure? Because that's what happens when things speed up, when we're constantly doing things. When you work Monday through Friday and then Saturday, you have all these things you've got to take your kids to. And then somewhere in there, you've got to figure out how you're going to do your Christmas shopping. Thank God Amazon exists. Right? Two-day shipping, baby. Woo-woo. Right? And, and so you can just order it on your phone while you're like sitting at your desk or whatever you know it's easy no not in church (laughs) while you're watching the Grinch that's cool too Um, so how do we solidify who God says we are while the season around us is trying to create pressure how can we silence the voice of the enemy that wants to continually accuse us I think that there is one fundamental truth we have to embrace we must have the joy of the Lord Nehemiah chapter 8 says it like this, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your strength. How often have you tapped into the joy of the Lord so you can feel stronger? So you can be stronger against the enemy's attacks? We're able to tap into the joy of who he is because we have relationship with him. We're able to know that no matter the situation, that we have the God of all the universe on our side. He's on your side. You're not battling these things alone. You're not engaging with this chaos alone. The Prince of Peace is right there with you. And so wherever he steps, that chaos has to flee. We get to embrace the wonders of this world in a different and more fulfilling way. Because we are in relationship with God. Like, when you go out and you have Christmas dinner, right, and you eat, say, prime rib, and you have this nice, delicious prime rib, it's delicious, it's awesome, it's wonderful, I love it. But you get to experience it in a different way than somebody that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. Because in that moment, you get to thank the God of the universe for creating this moment, for, for ha- allowing you to, to have this delicious meal, and that it's simply a taste of what's to come on the other side. Because what we're going to experience in heaven is far greater than any pleasure you can experience here. It's just a taste. We can, we can find joy in the smallest acts of generosity in this season, or the biggest acts of selflessness. But either way, we are meant to be an extension of God's joy, peace, and love. That's what we're supposed to do this season. 
But in order to extend joy, we have to have joy. In order to extend peace, we have to understand peace. In order to extend love, we have to have love. And so how can we find these things, this joy in the chaos of life? Well, number one, let peace reign. Let his peace reign. See, because joy is a direct result of your connection with peace. Let me say that again. Joy is a direct result of your connection with peace. Period. If you aren't experiencing joy in life, and I'm not talking about happy moments. There's a difference between joy and happy moments. Happy moments are inconsistent moments of having this elated feeling, right? Happiness can waver. Joy won't. So no matter what chaos brings into your life, you'll still be joyful. Count it all joy, my brothers. Right? James chapter 1, count it all joy. How can trials and tribulation bring you joy? Well, it's easy. You have the peace of the Lord. Count it all joy, my brothers. Because joy is a direct result with your connection to peace. You have to have peace. You have to settle that, that inner torment, that inner voice that's trying to create chaos from within. And we see this play out with it, within the story of the birth of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 21, it says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Come on. He will save his people from their sins. Like, can you imagine? Okay, I've seen some TikToks recently where it's like, where this guy comes in, and it's like labeled Joseph, and he's like, hey, I made this pie. And Mary's like, how'd you make this pie? We don't have an oven. We don't have apples. We don't have, it just showed up. Well, that's not right. Exactly. Like, Joseph's like, how do you think I feel? Like, you know, and, and, um, and so, and so uh, in this moment, though, we see, we see Joseph, he doesn't want to dishonor Mary, but in the same sense, he's like, I don't know if I can trust this. And so the word of the Lord comes to him, and in that moment, when he wakes up from this dream, he's like, all right, we're going to do this, because he has peace. He understands that this is the fulfillment of the scriptures. He realized he was a part of God's plan. This is what happens when you tap into purpose. Is you realize you're a part of God's plan and peace in every situation can overcome you. Like, it doesn't matter if the enemy attacks your finances. It doesn't matter if the enemy attacks your health. You know what your purpose is, so you stand in that. You stand in who God is, and you attack what the enemy is doing with the truth of who God is. And that truth is greater 
than anything the enemy can throw at you. See, before Joseph could reconcile Mary being pregnant, he was going to divorce her in quiet, not to put her to shame. It wasn't until he realized, or until he received the word from the angel of the Lord, that he had peace. He realized he was part of God's plan. We have to realize that. Maybe the reason you aren't finding peace is simply because you just need an encounter with him. It was after his encounter that he received peace. Experiencing his presence, his word, and the encouragement of others can do so much to bring the joy of the Lord out of you. This is why Tuesday night is so important for me, for men's group. Sometimes I go in and I am weary. I'm tired. But I know there's going to be somebody there that is experiencing peace and joy. So I come in and I'm all ears. And I hear stories of success and encouragement, of freedom, and God doing things in people's lives. And it fuels me up to say, all right, we're good. God, I know you've got this. That's why men's and women's group is so important. It's a, it's a place, it's a platform for you to be encouraged by other people. Not just to see them on Sunday and say, hey, how's the family doing? See, his word, it changes everything. Hebrews says, is sharper than any double-edged sword, separating bone from marrow, soul from spirit. Get in his word and let it work on you. And I'm not talking about some deep theological study like, you don't need to go in root words and all this other stuff. Just, like, get in there, open up the Bible, read it, and say, God, what are you speaking to me right now? What, observe some things in there. And see how you can apply them to your life, and then pray about it. See, oftentimes we can't find joy because we don't have peace. We're tor- we're, we are tormented by our past sins, hurts, and hang-ups. But allowing God's word to come in and separate the truth from the lies will give us peace and hope to know that we are a part of God's plan. We have to let the word do its work so we can understand what he says about us. He, what he says about you is you're a son, you're a daughter, you have a purpose, you're loved, you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. See, in Matthew chapter 8, we see Jesus and the disciples on a boat, right? They're, they're in a boat, and big storm comes in. Disciples are freaking out. They are crying like little babies. What's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. Like, can you imagine, like, Peter, like, all right, storm, Jesus. Storm, Jesus. What's going on with him? <laughs> you know, like, how can he sleep through this? And, and so they're all freaking out. All this is going on. And I don't know about you guys, but if there's anyone near me remotely freaking out while I'm trying to sleep, um, I can't go to sleep. It might be a different story if you ask my wife, but I don't think that I can go to sleep when my kids are running around my house freaking out. She might say something different, but hey, you know, to each his own, right? And so, and so this is the same scenario. It's like, how is Jesus asleep? See, they're freaking out until finally one of the disciples woke Jesus up. And can you imagine, like, Jesus has been teaching these guys, 
and showing them, like, he just, like, healed a paralytic dude the other day, healed a guy, like, with a crippled hand the other day. Like, he's, everywhere he goes, healed, 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 right? And then they're like, Jesus, there's a storm. Can you imagine him waking up from the nap? Like, bro, are you serious right now? Like, for real? Like, guys, I'm on the boat. We're good. Like, just, we're good, you know? And, <laughs> and, and so he wakes up. And he does the most boss thing ever, right? Can you imagine half asleep Jesus, like, all right, peace be still. And then he, like, turns around and goes back to sleep. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but, but he, he says, peace be still. That's it. Three words, storm gone, disciples aren't freaking out anymore. How, how many times, how many times have we tried to find peace through our actions instead of just letting God speak to the situation? So why was Jesus able to do this? It's simple. While the disciples had heard of God's peace, Jesus was living in it. Have you heard about his peace or are you living in it? Because there is a difference. There's a difference between knowing about it and understanding it. You have to have the heart transformation, not just behavior modification. See, living in that peace gives you the confidence that no matter the situation, God's got this. He's got this. No matter what comes up, it's like, all right, Lord, cool. I'm just going to let you do you. I'm just going to stay on my merry way. Right? So how do you live it? You have to be attentive in what your thoughts are consumed with. If you're thinking about that offense or unforgiveness or how... Man, I'm, I'm just going to be straightforward about this. Sometimes, like, there are so many people that just think so poorly about themselves. You, your self-talk is you're ugly, you're dumb, whatever. Like, all this stuff, all day long, that's all you feed yourself. And you wonder why the enemy's winning in your life. See, the enemy isn't trying to, to make, he's not trying to win, he's trying to make you lose. He has no power and authority. But if he can get you not to focus on him, all right, there's one more person in the party with him. See, if the enemy can flood your mind with concern, it's hard to find the peace of God. If he can distract you with what you hold most dear. And this is, this is always a gut check for me because it's like whatever the enemy is attacking I have to be careful because it's on a borderline of becoming a false god for me. Because am I going to turn it over to God and let God do what he needs to do? Or am I just going to keep it to myself and figure it out in my own strength? See, a great Bible passage to simply pray over you and your family every day is Psalm 91. Take some time this week and go read it. But here are a few key things we get from it. He is your refuge. He's your fortress. He's your deliverer. His faithfulness is your shield. We don't have to fear. A thousand may fall, or ten thousand by your right side, and it won't come near you. Because I hold fast to him in love, he will deliver me. He will protect me because I know his name. 
These are his promises. And when you get in a space where you begin to declare what he has spoken already, and you come in line with what he has spoken, and you stop believing this nonsense that the enemy has been running your head around for years and years and years and years, you would be surprised at the changes you can make. See, because this is next level tackling fuel for letting peace reign. It's, it's different to understand when that, that addiction is trying to wrap its hand around you and steal your peace. You can go, no. Psalm 91 says, he is my deliverer. He's my deliverer. You don't have any power and authority here. When you're being attacked, his faithfulness is my shield. See, when we begin to shift our mindset from concern to proactive praise, everything changes. Are you praising him for the moments where a temptation comes, but you, you don't give in to it? Are you praising him in that moment? Thank you, God, for making a way for me. Thank you, God, for not letting me fall to this. Thank you for letting me be faithful to you. Or is it you fall to the temptation, you give it a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks, and then you come back to God like an ashamed puppy and you're like, I'm so sorry. See, if we allow peace to reign in us, there's a natural desire to praise and worship and honor God. See, so point number two is honor the king. So we let peace reign, so there's a natural desire to honor him and worship him on a deeper level. See, because we see later in the story of Jesus' birth that there were three men that wanted to honor the next king of the Jews. So what, what's that old song, uh, the, the Christmas song? We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. Right? Has nobody ever heard of this song? Okay. Well, like, you could have joined in, man. Like... <laughs> and, and so, and so we, we, we pick up this story in Matthew chapter 2, and I'm just going to kind of give you an overview, all right? And so if you want to know the, the references here, um, it's in Matthew chapter 2, about halfway through, all right? So that's my reference for you today. Um, and so I'm just joking. If you want the references for it, come, come talk to me later, and I'll give them to you. Uh, there were men looking to honor the new king. So they went to King Herod who was the king of the Jews at the time, was like, hey, we're here to see the new king. And Herod's like, say what? What new king? I didn't know about a new king. <laughs> you know, like, what you talking about? And so then at that point, Herod then pulled the scribes and the pre chief priests together to figure out what the scriptures said about the prophecy of the Messiah, where it would happen, all this stuff. He figured out Bethlehem. And he met with the wise men in secret and was like, go to Bethlehem and diligently seek for him. And then bring word back to me so I can come worship with you. Right? But he really wanted to take out a threat to his throne. And uh, that's a whole different message <laughs> in and of itself is uh, people showing themselves as friends and then, you know, getting you later. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> and so they were looking to honor, honor him. So they went and diligently... Uh, sought for Jesus so they could worship him. 
And when they finally found him, they brought these three gifts. We all know what the gifts are. So what's the first one? Gold, <laughs> frankincense, Shelby was one ahead, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Myrrh. And, um, and, and so uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's really funny because there's a collective thought out there that these, these gifts, right, they were uh, gifts from these wise men home countries, right? But as I did some more studying, I found some interesting things that I, w- I want to share with you. So gold. So this was a precious gift, right? It's not like all of us just have gold lying around. And, and not only was, is it costly, but it signifies royalty. So this gift is pointing to Jesus' kingship of God, right? Frankincense now, I, when we say frankincense, I know everybody knows somebody out there that's like super obsessed with essential oils, and anytime there's anything wrong, they want to pull out the essential oils, dab it on you, and go, right? Well, um, and, and there's, <laughs> there's frankincense somewhere in there, right? And um, with those essential oils, though, or with the frankincense, not the essential oils, uh, with the frankincense, it was used as a fragrance within the temple for different types of sacrifices, it was also used during times of prayer for the priests. And so franken- frankincense played an integral part within the temple and the tabernacle. And so this could point to Jesus' role as priest on earth because he is the fulfillment of priest and king. And so gold king, frankincense priest so this is pointing to the fulfillment of him being priest and king it's pointing to fulfilled prophecy of who he is and then myrrh this one's real interesting because myrrh was typically typically used to anoint dead bodies so why are you going to bring hey here's your you know like your baby present myrrh you know and it, the, like the mom's like what <laughs> and and so it's like, what? why you want to anoint my baby for death, dog? Like, chill out. And, and so, so in that moment, in that moment, though, this points to who Jesus is, Jesus is going to be, right? This points to the role he's going to fulfill on this earth to be our everlasting sacrifice. Through his kingship his priesthood, he becomes our everlasting sacrifice, the only worthy sacrifice to stand before God and make a way for us. And this is presented to him at his birth so that all of his life would lead up to this moment. See, they brought these gifts to honor him, and when they finally made it, they were overcome with joy, and they worshiped him. They found peace because they were looking for an answer. And they got their answer. And what did they do? They honored him. See, I think sometimes we respond poorly to when we get told no by God. And instead of honoring him, we were mad at him. And we don't understand that he could be protecting us from something that we don't see on the other side. There's all sorts of things. He's got the 30,000-foot view picture. We've got the, like, two-foot picture, okay? Like, let's just trust him and honor him. A direct response to finding the peace of God reigning in your life is worship. Think on this for a second. When life is hectic and you're putting out fires, where's your attention? 
on the fire, right? We're so focused on the fire that we forget about everything else. See, but when you let peace reign, you're able to quiet the nonsense and find God in each moment. In those moments where you don't know what to say, you just stop and thank the Lord. So a fire erupts, you're like, I have no earthly idea how I can handle this. Thank you, God. God, thank you. I want to honor you because I know that you're going to take care of this situation, so I'm going to proactively praise you for the answer that's coming. Instead of waiting to be spoon-fed and answer and then encounter you, I'm going to encounter you right now. That's a different level. When we stop and recognize God in the mundane day-to-day activities, we can engage in a new profound level of worship. You may not have the answer, but you have a calm confidence in the King of Kings. A calm confidence in the King of Kings. We're just like, hey, it's cool. Things are up in the air, but I know my God's got this. I know he's got this. Because you have the peace that surpasses understanding. You're not worried about it. You're just, you're just like, all right, God, cool. In your time, I trust you. So how do we honor him? One, make time for him. Make him important. Two, thank him for the small wins every day. Do you just thank him like when you drive to work and there's not a lot of traffic? Do you thank him every time you go through Dayton and don't get caught by the Dayton train? Or are you just busy about blowing Facebook up when you get caught by it? Right? Like, do you thank him? Oh, thank the Lord, this train's not here. Right? Do you thank him whenever your McDonald's order comes out right the first time? Right? Like, (laughs) I know that's near impossible, but it's cool. (laughs) Right? Do you thank him for the losses that turn into lessons? Where, where say, in a moment you had a, 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 you made a bad decision and there was a consequence to that decision, but you're like, okay, at least I now know how the enemy's going to attack this. So thank you for showing me, Lord. Thank you for turning this into an opportunity where I get to grow in you. Do you even just thank him for everything? Thank him for waking up in the morning. Thank him for having the ability to love on your kids in a way you didn't feel loved on when you were a kid. Or you get to break generational curses in them that weren't broken for you. Or that you get to do what your parents fought so hard to do for you, but they just came up short. See, when we honor him in the small things, we will begin to see how truly amazing the big things are. See, we're so, I think sometimes we're so focused on this big miracle answer, right? That's just, a, we're, we're not seeing the, the miracles in the day-to-day. And when we begin to see those and then we see the big miracle, we're going to be like, oh, snap, God's legit, right? Like, he's amazing. But you have to appreciate the small things so you can fully embrace the big things. So how do you embrace those things? Well, point number three, hold on to the treasure. In Luke chapter three, we see the shepherd's encounter uh, with the angels. It's verses eight through 20. So chapter three, verses eight through 20. I'm not gonna read it. I'm just gonna kind of give you the kind of hits from it. 
right? So the shepherds were in, field, in the field keeping watch of their flock. They're taking care of their purpose in that season. Are you taking care of your purpose in this season? They were holding on to their treasure, the sheep. So they were in their purpose, maintaining the gift that God had given them. Because they were in their pur- purpose within the season they were supposed to be, and holding on to the gifts that God had given them, they had a life-changing encounter. What if your encounter isn't happening because you're walking in the wrong purpose or the wrong place? What if you thought your purpose was this, and it's really way over here? Or what if your purpose was this for a season, and that was a part of your purpose, but your grander purpose is over here, and God has transitioned you from this purpose to this purpose to be fulfilled you can't be mad that this season's over god is bringing you into more authority he's bringing you into more trust so what if joy is eluding you in your life because you're trying to find joy in the wrong purpose the wrong place or you're simply holding on to the wrong treasure you can't learn the wrong lesson from the from the right season can't learn the wrong lesson from the right season. So verses 9 through 14, they were afraid. They didn't know what to do, but the angels reassured him, reassured them with a message of joy, and they get a glimpse in, into praise. So what was that message? That message was glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. This is what we should be striving for in, in this time of year. Peace on earth, glory to God, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. Right? And so they're afraid, but then they get to experience this like overwhelming praise of heaven where all the angels are singing. The joy they experienced through the message they received granted them access to a deeper level of worship. Are you okay with the message you receive from God? Or does it hit you and go, man, do I really have to change that? God, you sure? You know, like, can we just, like, talk about it a little bit? That's going to be kind of hard. It's like, that's the point. <laughs> like, we're crucifying ourselves with him. They went and found the child, Jesus, and when they did, they spread the message of glory to God, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men through all the people, and that the Savior of the world had been born. And it says this, that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. What are you treasuring up in your heart? Are you treasuring up the hurt and pain and rejection of the past? Are you treasuring up the good moments of the past? Are you being present enough in the moment right now to treasure up the good things? Or is all you see rejection? Or is all you see hurt? Or is all you see I'm not good enough? Or I'm less than? That's not who God says you are. So rebuke that stuff, get it out of you, and treasure up what the goodness that God has for you. There's one moment from my, my childhood that I remember um, quite dearly when it comes to the Christmas season. Well, there's two, and this was the one I chose for this service. And I, was, I remember when I was about six years old, right? Uh, yeah, about six. Um, there was one year where, you know, my, my dad had like, and my mom had started planting this seed that, like, 
hey, it's kind of tight this year. There's not going to be a lot of presents. And, and so we're like, cool. And then uh, me and my sister got in trouble at school. <laughs> and then there was really not going to be presents, <laughs> right? And um, uh, if you want to learn what we did to get in so much trouble, I'll, I can tell you afterwards. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and, um, and so it, it was a big deal. I, re- I actually remember sitting, sitting in our formal dining room as my sister walked back through the hallway into the kitchen after she got her spanking for what she did. And, um, and so anyways, fast forward to Christmas morning. I go, I go out. And I actually snuck out about two hours before everybody was awake, and my mom was in the kitchen cooking, and I remember sneaking by her to go see what was under the tree, and there's like two presents, and then like some presents over here, and I was like, oh snap, it's really not a lot, you know, <laughs> and, and I'll run back to my room and then try to go back to sleep, and then we wake up and we go open presents, and, and so we're, we're opening presents, and um, at this point, my sister had, had no, no presents, right? She had gotten, she got in a lot of trouble. Like, it was big trouble. And uh, the present, like, I've, for my mom or my dad, I can't remember which, I think it was my mom, that my brother had, like, made her an ornament at school or something. And so she opened it, and my dad told my brother Rocky and I to go upstairs and put the ornament on the tree that we had in the game room. And so we go up there, and my brother is, like, three at this point, and so I'm, like, trying to walk him up the stairs, and it's going slow, and and so we get up there, and the game room doors were closed, which they never were. And so we go up to the game room door, and we're like, why is it closed? And so we open it up, and there are presents everywhere. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, Santa's real. <laughs> right? Like, and I'm like, he's real, you know? And, and I was six. Cut me some slack, okay? And... And I was like, and then I started freaking out. My brother, like, he kind of understands what's going on, so he's excited. And so, like, we run downstairs. Well, like, kind of run because he's three, so I'm having to help him get down the stairs. And, and so we go in the living room, and we're like, Dad, Mom, Mom, present, presents, what is upstairs? We got to go upstairs. And so we, go, we all go upstairs. And, but when we get there, what was crazy, though, is um, t- on the right side, there were green presents. In the middle, there were blue presents. And on the left side, there were red presents. And my parents always wrapped our gifts in our favorite color. And I see the green, and I'm like, wait a second. She wasn't supposed to get gifts. And then I see my parents pull my sister aside, and basically they're like, hey, just because you messed up doesn't mean we don't love you. And in that moment, that was a moment of grace and mercy that has shaped my life. It is a treasure that I hold on to. Was, our, was my childhood perfect? No. Did we have our shortcomings? Yes. But just because there were bad times doesn't mean I have to wash away the good times either. See, that's a moment I've treasured, treasured up in me, that I've clung on to. And I hope to create similar moments and opportunities for my kids where they know they've messed up. They know that what they did was terrible and awful and I can look at them and say, hey, just because we messed up doesn't mean mommy and daddy don't love you. And I get to be a representation of God's grace in their life. And I get to, be, I get to pass that thing that, they, that my parents created in me down to my kids, and they can pass it down to their kids, and we get to break generational curses 
see, this is what happens when we treasure up moments. We can use them as opportunities not only to shape our kids, but they can fuel to help break generational curses. So what are you treasuring up? Is, your, is what you're treasuring up extending generational curses or breaking them? Are you building them or destroying them? How much more joy would you have in your life if we grabbed onto the treasure of what God says about us and, begin, and we began to speak that over ourselves in the power and authority of Jesus' name? In Jesus' name, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In Jesus' name, I am not rejected. In Jesus' name, I have a purpose and a promise for my life. In Jesus' name, I am forgiven and saved. In Jesus' name, I am a son. Come on, people. What would change? What would change in your life? What would fall off you? What would change in your kids' lives? Man, I, I, this is not in my notes, but I feel like I need to ask this question. What hard thing are you willing to endure so your kids don't have to? Because if you don't endure it, guess what? They're going to have to. And they're going to have the same decision that you have to make. Am I going to deal with it so my kids don't have to? Because that's how generational curses work, man. Would we find that the fear and lack of confidence is really just a lie planted by the enemy? What would we find we're missing out on the joy and pleasure of God wants us to get from life? We're missing out on the joy and pleasure that he has for us because we're treasuring up the wrong things. See, God's best plan for you is to be present and faithful to those around you. But you can't do that if you're not treasuring up the right things. If you're only focused on rejection and hurt and anger and, and bitterness and all this stuff and everybody's out to get me, that's all you're focused on, you're going to miss out on what God's doing in your life. You're not going to be present for it. See, the, the Christmas season hasn't always been the easiest for me. I, I, all I would focus on were the, the expectations that weren't met or the people that I was missing. I was so wrapped up in past hurts and pain that I couldn't experience the current joys that were right in front of me. How often have you missed out on the joy that God has, has placed before you, has, has gifted you with in this moment, but you're so wrapped up about what Sally said two weeks ago that you miss out on it? See, I would allow the enemy to come in and twist past moments that I had treasured into weapons of pain. Oh man, this was a great moment, but I'm never going to have that again. If you're not careful, he'll take the good treasure and turn it into bad treasure real quick. You have to take your thoughts captive. See, treasuring up moments, it forces you to be present in the moment. It forces you to be faithful with people in the moment. So I have a challenge for you this Christmas season. Focus on the moment, not capturing it. Put your phones away. Put TikTok down. Put Instagram down. 
Put your MySpace down. <laughs> You're welcome for that one. You're welcome. Just, just put it down and just be present. Like, I get it. We're tired. We're stressed. But what if the reason why your kids are acting the way they are is because they just need a moment with mommy and daddy? What if, what if they need more structure and discipline, not just love and grace all the time? See, but we have to be present to treasure up the moments. Take your pictures, make your posts, but don't make that the focus. Focus on how you create internal moments of joy and peace that don't just satisfy you, but become foundational pieces for your kids to build off of. Now, I'm not saying get in a contest with your childhood. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying make it bigger, better, better. No, I'm not saying go American Dream on it, okay? Like, just let's pump the brakes for a second. I'm just saying create intentional moments where your kids know that you love them. Yesterday, when we took Allie to see the Grinch, it was a free picture opportunity at a place in Dayton. Like, and she, we, how we made it special, we just didn't tell her we were going. We're like, hey, mom and dad have to go pick up some gifts real quick. And she walked in, and the Grinch was behind this little, this little, I don't know what, like, clothing display thing. And he was behind that, so you couldn't see him if you're little, like a five-year-old. And, and so she, like, walks around the corner, and her face lights up. And she comes back, and she hugs me and Alexis. She says, thank you, Mommy and Daddy. Thank you. You thought of me. Thank you. Like, do you know how powerful that is for your kids to know that you think of them? Do you know how powerful it is for you to know that God thinks of you? He's with you in the hurt. He's with you in the pain. He's with you in the frustration. So let's pray. Heavenly Father God, thank you so much for who you are. And in this season, we know, Lord, that we are going to experience chaos and pressure from all around us. And we pray, Father, that your peace would reign. That we would focus on you and your peace. God, we pray that we would honor you in what we're doing and everywhere we go. We pray, Lord, that we would, would treasure up moments with our families. Treasure up moments with you that we could pass on. God, be with us and break the chains that the enemy is trying to bind us with. God, silence the attacks that he's trying to attack us with, Lord. We, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and his people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.